WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock News Block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by Special Light in Decatur and Benton Harbor. There's a good chance you've walked through a Special Light door when you go to a local restaurant, school store, or plant. In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green. Temperatures will get into the mid and upper 90s around southwest Michigan on Tuesday and Wednesday. National Weather Service meteorologist Amos Dobson tells us it'll be humid, making it feel hotter than it is. He advises those who will be outside to take precautions. You can get heat stroke very quickly with temperatures and humidities this high, so it's really important to be safe, drink plenty of water, take a lot of breaks. Dodson says we'll start to get a break later in the week. Thursday will be a little bit cooler, still on the warm side, though. Highs probably upper 80s. But then as we get into Friday and into the weekend, we're looking at highs right around 80, so right back to normal. Dobson says storms the area might experience aren't expected to stop the high temperatures. It may be slightly cooler along the lakeshore, but not by much. Everyone's advised to limit outdoor activity, wear light-colored and loose clothing, and check on loved ones who are at risk. It's been a one-two punch for restaurant owners in Michigan. First, the COVID pandemic, and now inflation is causing concern for restaurateurs who are dealing with supply chain and workforce challenges. Justin Winslow is the president of the Michigan Restaurant and Lodging Association. It's just hard to make money in this business when inflation is what it is, when you can't get the commodities, the food, and, the, and the, the, frankly the booze that you need to succeed in this industry with regularity. Uh, and when... Uh, workforce is still not completely back and available. So those are the big three that are our challenges for us to get back where we need to be. Winslow says some restaurants are limiting hours in order to make ends meet. He says about 20% of restaurant owners say their business is at risk for permanent closure in the next six months. The recipients of this year's Heart of Cook grants have been announced. Berrien Community Foundation Program Manager Susan Matheny tells us the Heart of Cook is the charitable arm of the Cook Nuclear Power Plant, and the grant recipients are selected by a committee comprised of Cook Plant employees. The Heart of Cook awarded 29 area nonprofit organizations with over $78,000 in grants. So we had quite a few wonderful organizations that received a grant. Matheny says the Heart of Cook aims to support programs in the realms of education, human services, and environment. Among the recipients this year is the Acorn Theater in Three Oaks, which is getting funds for an outdoor performance area. They had this backyard that was just overgrown and not being used, so they decided to clean it out and get it set up with the technology it needs and the space to get it ready so that people could use it as a performance venue. Other grant recipients include Bridgman Blessing in a Backpack, which collects backpacks filled with food for kids to eat when they're not in school, and the Benton Harbor Public Library, which is getting funds to purchase books. Matheny says the Heart of Cook Committee this year received 41 applications totaling more than $235,000 in requests. A federal judge in Michigan has refused Republican Perry Johnson's request to include his name on the GOP ballot for governor or to halt the printing of primary ballots. The decision today further reduces Johnson's chances at challenging Governor Gretchen Whitmer. Johnson was among five governor candidates who were deemed ineligible for the August 2nd ballot after the state elections bureau determined they didn't submit enough valid signatures to qualify. The bureau determined candidates submitted fake signatures collected by paid petition circulators. U.S. District Judge Mark Goldsmith rejected Johnson's bid for a temporary restraining order or an injunction saying that Johnson hasn't shown he was unconstitutionally excluded. 
These are dangerous times to be on the road in Michigan. Michigan State Police First Lieutenant Michael Shaw says fatal crashes have been dramatically up the last few years. Um, we had a 4% increase. We've had the, the largest amount of traffic fatalities over the last 20 years that happened in, in 2021. For our construction zones, we've seen a 40% increase of fatalities, either workers or people killed in the zones. Um, our pedestrians are up. Our motorcyclists are up. Uh, car deer crashes are up. Shaw says excessive speed's been a factor in many crashes. He says they're seeing more and more people driving more than 100 miles an hour on the freeway. Free vision and hearing screenings for pre-kindergarten children are being offered by the Berrien County Health Department this summer. They start this week. The Health Department's Melissa Jordan tells us schools mandate kids get their hearing and vision checked before starting classes. Many parents don't even realize their child has a problem until they're screened. I can tell you many of situations that have happened. I've been here for almost 10 years where a child starts crying, and it's not out of fear, but it's out of frustration because they don't see what we're asking them to see or they're not hearing what we're asking them to hear. So the child's frustrated and the parents tend to be surprised because they thought that the child could see and hear. Jordan says the screenings offered by the health department are free and open to residents of Berrien County. They'll be held at the health department offices in Niles, Benton Harbor, and Three Oaks through late August. To sign your child up, contact the Berrien County Health Department. A Talon's Out Honor Flight will depart from Michigan to Washington, D.C. this month with Vietnam War veterans from southwest Michigan. The flight was made possible by a 17-year-old Alice Kratz of Kalamazoo who raised more than $140,000 to take the veterans to the nation's capital to see the memorials built in their honor. The trip, named CAR Yellow Ribbon Honor Flight, will take the veterans to Arlington National Cemetery to participate in a wreath laying at then to the National Mall to visit the memorials honoring those who served. The trip will be on June 18th. The veterans will receive a Vietnam War commemorative pin during a special pinning ceremony at the Vietnam Veterans Memorial and on their flight home. The veterans will receive letters from loved ones and supporters to read during one last mail call. The honor flight will include veterans from throughout southwest Michigan. And two recent incidents involving people trespassing on railroad bridges. Has fire officials in Ann Arbor frustrated and sending out a warning? Don't do it. Ann Arbor Fire Chief Mike Kennedy says two people were hit by an Amtrak train while crossing on a bridge and said they didn't hear it coming. Kennedy says the new train engines are quiet and there's a lot of blind curves on the track where speeds can get up to 55 miles an hour coming out of the city. We absolutely plead with people, stay off the tracks, stay off the bridges. It, it, it's going to end in tragedy because this is one of those It's 100 percent preventable. It's absolutely 100 percent preventable. So it, it, there is a lot of frustration. Kennedy says the two were severely injured but are lucky to be alive. A few weeks ago, a man died after jumping off another bridge to swim with friends in the Huron River. WSJM News Now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News Now continues. The Select Committee investigating the January 6th Capitol riot wrapped up its second public hearing today after losing its star witness just before the opening gavel. Former Trump 2020 campaign manager Bill Steepen was scheduled to appear but had a last-minute change of plans when his wife went into labor. More if maybe sees Faith Abube. The January 6th committee revealed in Monday's hearing that its investigation uncovered that former President Trump's campaign used false claims of election fraud to raise $250 million from his supporters. So not only was there the big lie, there was the big ripoff. Representative Zoe Lofgren. 
The committee says instead the money was redirected to other causes, like, for example, to the company that ran the January 6th rally in D.C. and Trump Hotel properties. Faith Abube, ABC News, Washington. Donald Trump's closest campaign advisors, top government officials, and even his family were systematically dismantling his false claims of 2020 election fraud ahead of the January 6th attack at the Capitol. But the defeated president was becoming, quote, detached from reality, clinging to outlandish theories to stay in power. That's the assessment from former Attorney General Bill Barr, who testified at today's hearing investigating the insurrection attempt. The panel is delving deeper into what it calls the big lie, the defeated Republican president's false claim of voter fraud. The panel says that Trump's falsehoods provoked a mob of his supporters to attack the Capitol. Meanwhile, the House Select Committee holding its second hearing today, introducing evidence on claims the election was stolen by Trump's former personal attorney, Rudy Giuliani, on election night. Giuliani ended up being the subject of one of the subjects discussed during the hearings today. ABC's Karen Travers has more. There was kind of some moments in the beginning of the hearing today where the members of the uh, January 6th committee, the staffers there, were asking some of the uh, campaign team of whether or not Rudy Giuliani was intoxicated on election night. I think trying to set the stage of what type of advice the president might have been getting in the late hours, early morning hours that was teeing up what the president might say to his supporters. A police officer lauded for his bravery during the Capitol riot has publicly testified for the first time about his confrontation with a mob that chased him up a staircase. Police, Capitol Police Officer Eugene Goodman was a government witness today at the trial for a father and son from Delaware charged with storming the Capitol together. Goodman said the father, Kevin Seafried, was carrying a Confederate battle flag and it jabbed at him with the flagpole. Goodman has been hailed as a hero for leading a group of rioters away from the Senate chamber and up a set of stairs to an area where other officers were waiting. Lots of demand is driving prices even higher for gas. More of maybe she's Derek Dennis. No relief in sight for the nation's rising gas prices. AAA says demand continues to outpace supply as oil prices surge. The cost of a barrel of oil is more than $120, nearly double last August price. Meanwhile, the national average for a gallon of gas in the U.S. is 501, an all-time high never seen since AAA began collecting pricing data in 2000. It's also 15 cents more than a week ago, 58 cents more than a month ago, at $1.94 a gallon more than a year ago. Derek Dennis, ABC News. Ohio Governor Mike DeWine has signed a bill in the law allowing school districts the option of arming employees. The Republican governor also said he's directing the Ohio School Safety Center to require the maximum 24 hours of training spelled out by the law, as well as the maximum eight hours of annual training. The center must approve all training programs. DeWine also announced the hiring of 28 additional staff members at the center to work with schools. The governor's announcement came as mayors from some of Ohio's biggest cities plan to highlight the effects of gun violence in their communities. Officials have identified a line of cleaning products promising consumers one thing they don't do. ABC's Aaron Katursky has more. In the scramble for cleaning products during the COVID-19 pandemic came Wipeout Wipes. The maker, Tsumi Innovations, targeted low-income communities by claiming its less expensive wipes had the same certified antimicrobial properties as Clorox and Lysol products. In fact, federal prosecutors said the wipes were not actually registered with regulators and consumers, they said, were misled into believing that wipeout wipes could be used to disinfect. Sumi has agreed now to pay a $1.5 million penalty. Prosecutors said the company put consumers at risk of using products that failed to work as claimed. Aaron Katursky, ABC News, New York. A self-published romance novelist who once wrote an online essay called How to Murder Your Husband has been sentenced to life in prison with the possibility of parole for murdering her husband. 
at his workplace in Portland in 2018. Nancy Crampton Brophy was convicted of second-degree murder May 25th following a seven-week trial. Prosecutors say she fatally shot Dan Brophy inside the Oregon Culinary Institute, where he worked because she wanted his life insurance payout. The case drew national attention because of the essay that she had written years earlier. The essay was not permitted as trial evidence. And a California man has been arrested for allegedly holding a woman against her will for months. More if maybe she's Blake Trolley. The woman says she was tortured, assaulted, and raped while in the man's home. It looks like she was there about five or six months against her will. San Bernardino County Sheriff's spokeswoman Mara Rodriguez says the woman moved in with the man and within a short period of time was forcibly kept at his house. Rodriguez says the woman escaped from the house last week and flagged someone down in a park who called 911. The man was found and arrested in Placentia on Saturday after a short standoff with SWAT officers. Blake Trolley, ABC News Los Angeles. WSJM News now continues with your weather forecast.